0: Was some, that was fun we're bringing back the special in 2018 come on somebody I like that we might need a few more specials we just need an organ and then it'll be like like my, my childhood tambourine thank you Jesus if you show up with a tambourine in church you will be arrested here I don't know if it's like church I grew up in it was like hey bring a trombone if you got it you know and it's like what like why is this guy next to me have a trombone but like you know things have changed right Thank you, God. People got saved in the 80s. Can you believe it? Like, people were bringing trombones, and God was still good, and people still discovered Jesus. We'll look back at what we're doing now. We're like, ripped jeans? What were we thinking in 2018? Well, God was with us. Come on, somebody. I, I, I honestly, as I look across the room today, I'm just. I want you to know I'm so thankful for every one of you that Rachel and I truly see everyone in this room today as an answer to prayer in our lives, that you're have that you part of our family. We're so grateful and honored that we get to do life together. And so welcome here. Whether you feel like family or not, just so you know, you are, and uh, we love you so much. We are wrapping up so week number four of a message series called Culture Shock, a series, a uh, study in the book of Daniel. And uh, throughout this series, really, we've been looking at how we can stand Firm and love well. In our culture, we've been really more than anything. The goal of the series has been to answer the question: Who are you when culture changes? How do you react and respond when the culture around you is moving away from God values? And this book of Daniel, you know, more than twenty five hundred years old, and I've really wanted us to see how relevant it is to our lives today, that a lot of what Daniel went through is what we go through today. Daniel uh, and his friends going to this culture where he is in exile, and they're really wanting to take God away from him, but he just, he stands strong, and he has convictions, and he stands well, but it's not like an ineffective stand where he's like, I just got to have a private faith because culture is just moving away from God. I'm going to go have a private faith and just kind of hunker down. No, he lived a very public faith, but he did it in a way that wasn't just obnoxious and offensive to people. He did it in love. In fact, Daniel really, he's the personification of what the Apostle Paul would come along later and talk about in Galatians. And Paul would say, I mean, listen, by the time Paul's writing, a whole bunch of the Bible's been written. Now, Paul comes along and Paul says, hey, the only thing that counts, like really, this, like like I know a whole lot of Bible's been written. Let's sum some stuff up here. The only thing that counts is you got faith, standing strong, you live that faith through love. And that's really what Daniel did. That's all Daniel did. That's kind of why we've been looking at this book and studying it together. Uh, Daniel took a start. He had convictions. Daniel, all throughout this book of Daniel, you see in my Bible in the margins, I've got written stand number one. And then stand number two and stand number three. Because he kept repeatedly taking a stand. And actually what we find, also in the margins of my Bible, it's like promotion number one. Because as he takes a stand, God continues to promote him again and again. And really what I want to talk to you about today is how, one more thing that Daniel did that enabled him to live effective in a culture that was far from God. I want to look at one more thing. Actually something that the Bible says about Daniel, it's this like tiny little phrase the Bible uses. It's really God looks at Daniel and he says, to, he says of Daniel, he's got an excellent spirit. He's got an excellent spirit. And I want to talk to you this morning in a few minutes uh, about what are some of the disciplines of having an excellent spirit. Uh, really, how do, we, how do we have an excellent spirit? Now, excellent spirit, this is, a, this is a, a timely word because we're just finishing up the Olympics, right? Excellent spirit, that's what Canada just, do, like when it snows, we win, right, baby? Like this is how it works. I think we came in third or last I checked, we were in third. But listen, there's only like first and second place. It's where's Canada and where's the US? That's all that matters to me, right? And in that race, we came in first, baby. Come on, give it up for Canada this morning. woo Ha-ha! <laughs> I was in Atlanta this past week with 110 church planners. We gathered together to do some life together, a part of a coaching network that I'm a, a part of. And we just got together. We, we, we hung out, but we learned from one another. We had a great time. And, but there was two Canadians and 108 Americans. And It was fun time to be amongst some Americans, especially we go out for dinner and you look up on the screen and they're showing the Olympics and I'm like, why are they showing all your people losing? Like, why why don't they just change the channel right now? Like, you're not winning anything. So I'm sitting next to this, (laughs) right? There's some like groans from Americans in the front row. It's okay, we love you, you're welcome. You can adopt our winning culture. It'll get on you, right? (laughs) Just hang out with us. It'll get on you. It's okay. So I'm sitting, I'm sitting uh, at a Ruby Tuesday on Wednesday night with some pastors. There was a group of eight of us around the table. And I didn't know whether they knew that we were winning a lot more than them. And so I decided I'd bring it up, really. And uh, <laughs> so I said, you know, this is, this is such a great Olympics. It's such a great time. It's, it's so great that the, the Canadians are really, they're whooping your butt. Like that's what I said. I said, we're whooping your butt. Everybody at the table was bigger than me and tougher than me and more athletic than me. But nevertheless, I was like, we are whooping your butt and the guy next to me god bless the american confidence it's just it's an it's an amazing thing yeah again from the front row uh i don't know you want to whoop this one up yet uh this guy next to me he's a pastor from atlanta and he's like what are you talking about man there's no way we are not ahead of canada and he was so confident i kind of started second guessing myself like i had looked at the medal count like five minutes before i brought it up right And he's so confident. I'm like, I think maybe you're right. Like, I don't know. God bless the USA. Like, this guy's like, there's no way. And he starts to Google this. He's like, I'm telling you right now. He's like, he's 10 times more confident. He's like, I'm telling you right now that we are ahead of Canada in the medal stands. I'm like, what? Did this guy just go to the bathroom and check the medal standings? Turns out he hadn't even watched any of the Olympics. It's just the American thing. It's like, what? We're winning, right? We have to be winning. It's just the way it goes. You're not winning, so uh, settle down. Uh, so anyways, an excellent spirit. What does this have to do with this morning? An excellent spirit. God has called you. Come on, Resonate Church. You're part of this family. God has called you. you got, we won in year number one. People got saved. People got healed. People got delivered. People experienced God like never before. We have won in year number one. But if we're going to win in year number two, we're going to have to rise up with an excellent spirit. God wants you to live with an excellent spirit. Spirit. The same way that these, you know, these athletes, it's like, I am, I'm going to be so disciplined, I'm going to train my whole life for a two-minute race. Come on, right? That's how God has called you to walk out your faith, to take it so seriously, to be so personally disciplined that you would walk with an excellent spirit. Now, I want to kind of lay this out for us because this is all throughout the Bible. The Apostle Paul, who writes much of the New Testament, he always liked coming back to this athlete analogy. When it came to our faith. And he did it with his protege Timothy in 2 Timothy chapter 2. And Paul's writing to Timothy about really having this excellent spirit. But before he gets into this, he kind of starts us out in a sweet space. And he, he starts 2 Timothy chapter 2 saying this. You then, my child, be strengthened by the grace that's in Christ Jesus. He's, he's about to talk about having an excellent spirit, some real personal disciplines. He's going to go on from here, and he's going to be talking about some of the, the examples that Timothy should follow, and he's going to talk about like a, being a soldier when it comes to his faith, and being a disciplined athlete when it comes to his faith, and being like a hard-working farmer. But before he gets there, come on, somebody, this is important. He says, first of all, be strengthened by grace. This is going to be a unique message. I don't believe in my whole life I've ever preached on personal disciplines. I'm gonna this morning, it's gonna be great. But you need to know, before we hit the personal disciplines, because I, like, I look around and you're all like, man, I'm trying to keep my kids alive right now. Like, I'm trying, to, I'm trying to just wake up for work. Do you know how tired I am right now? Like, my kids threw up in the night. They threw up three times all over me. Like, I've got, I've got a child with some special needs. Pastor, how, how can you talk about uh, living with some new personal disciplines and rolling with excellence? Here's how we, here's how we get there. You start by being strengthened in the grace that is in Christ Jesus. Understand, before we get to any personal discipline discussion in the room this morning, you need the Holy Spirit to just come and flood you with the grace of God. That is where you get your strength, that is where you get energy, that is where the ability to rise up with an excellent spirit even comes from. Make no mistake, your personal disciplines are not about your salvation. No, your salvation only comes from the grace of God. Let's just get that out like the starting point. Salvation is never what we do. Your personal disciplines and the way that you fight in your faith, nothing to do with your salvation. And God did it that way so that none of us, not me, not Pastor Troy, no one in the room this morning could take confidence in who we were before God. God did it that way so that it would only ever be the perfect life of the Lord Jesus Christ who laid down his life on our behalf. We got saved 100%, always, forever, by an act of God's grace. We couldn't do it. God has brought us back to himself by grace. Now, add the personal disciplines. Now the personal disciplines, not about your salvation, but please understand me this morning, your personal disciplines will determine your promotability in the kingdom of God. Your personal disciplines are not going to determine your salvation, but they are going to determine your promotability in the kingdom of God. And so I want to talk about our personal disciplines, because we're going to hit year number two, and we are going to win like never before, and not for us, because please understand, none of this is about us. I'm a temporary shepherd in the house of God. This is his house. It's his eternal house. Okay, this is not about any of us. When we're talking about winning, it's not to put a spotlight on some balloons or a person or a team. It's to put a spotlight on the God who said, hey, I'm gonna deliver you. We celebrate him only in this place. But when we head into year two, we grab some personal disciplines as well so that we can win more. When God looked at the nation of Israel and he wanted to deliver, he said, hey, I'm gonna deliver them. And then he looked at Moses and he's like, but I'm gonna send you. We need some personal disciplines because God is the deliverer, but he wants to send you. And he's looking at the personal disciplines. He's looking at your excellent spirit. And he's like, can I promote them this year in my kingdom? So let's look at some personal disciplines together from Daniel's life. I wanna set this up. One more athlete thing from actually the Apostle Paul. I don't want to miss this scripture. It says this in 1 Corinthians 9. Paul used this analogy and illustration. He loved this one. He loved talking about athletes. And when it comes to our faith. And so he said, don't you realize, he's speaking to a church, that in a race everyone runs, but only one person gets the prize. So run, resonate church. So run to win. All athletes are disciplined in their training. They do it to win a prize that will fade away, but we do it for an eternal prize. So I run with purpose in every step. That's why Pastor Troy said we got step number four of our next steps coming up today because we are so passionate about you, not just coming to church and being a part of a family. We love that. That's so much of who we are. But we're truly passionate that you would discover your purpose. Today, we've got 30 ways that we'll be able to say, hey, here's how you could jump in and do great things for the kingdom of God with the gift that's on your life. Because God gave you a gift to serve his house. And as you, as you release it to the kingdom of God in his house, it's just like a propeller. The giftedness, now God just begins to use you like never before. Paul says, Paul says hey, I run with purpose in every step. And then he says, I discipline my body like an athlete. So we're gonna talk about personal disciplines this morning. Come on, is anybody excited? Grace comes first, get some energy, and then let's talk about some personal disciplines so that we can run with an excellent spirit like Daniel. Oh, that God would look at my life and be like, my boy's got an excellent spirit. Oh, that God would look at your life. Man, Helen, you got an excellent spirit. McCall, you got an excellent spirit. Alex, you got an excellent, man, imagine just hearing your father say that over you. I believe God is saying that over his house, and he's calling us into it today, somebody. So let's look at Daniel's life. Really, this, is about, this series is all about Daniel, so let's go there. Daniel chapter 6, we begin to see this excellent spirit in Daniel. And uh, let's set up the context before we study it. It, it. it says this at the beginning of the chapter, it pleased Darius. Now, pause there for a minute, a little historical context for those of you that like that as we're reading the scripture together. Darius is a new king. Up until this point, it's been Nebuchadnezzar, Nebuchadnezzar all the way. Now we get to this new guy, Darius. <laughs> I just had an oh my word from the front. I gotta watch out up here. Uh, I don't. Even <laughs> now it's Darius. Darius is a new king. What I want to point out about Darius is that D- Daniel was able to serve with excellence and distinguishment, no matter who was in charge and what kingdom he was serving. It had been the Babylonians and Nebuchadnezzar. Now it's Darius and the Persians. It didn't matter who Daniel was around. He was going to be used by God. And so the the Bible says here that it pleased Darius, new king, new kingdom, to set over the kingdom 120 satraps. Now I don't know what a satrap is, but for the sake of making it relevant to us today, let's imagine those guys as city counselors. He's got 120. To be throughout the kingdom and over whom through three high officials. So over the 120, he puts three guys. Let's look at these as mayors. So you got your city councilors, you got your mayors, of whom Daniel was one, to whom these satraps should give an account so that the king might not suffer loss. Then this Daniel became distinguished. Now I like the way the NIV translates this. It says, Daniel distinguished himself. Daniel Distinguished himself. Daniel was like, I'm going to go out into my culture and I'm, gonna, I'm not going to act the way everybody else acts. I'm going I'm I'm to live different. Daniel distinguished himself. And what was it that Daniel, how he did it? It says, Daniel distinguished himself above all the other high officials and satraps because an excellent spirit was in him. This is important, I think, for everybody in the house today. What's an excellent spirit look like in our lives? You may be some older men and older women in the room. God's called you to to father and mother the house of God, to to set an example for the house with an excellent spirit, the way you serve, the way you love, the way you worship God because you've been following him your whole life. You've seen him come through again and again, an excellent spirit. Come on, I wanna talk to some young people in the room, some youth and some young adults in the room today, an excellent spirit. Please hear me, youth, young adults, you don't need to be the best singer and you don't need to be the best speaker, and you don't need to have the most talent. What distinguished Daniel, the Bible says, wasn't his talent. It wasn't that he was smarter than everybody else. You know how he stood out? He just served with an excellent spirit. Man, the way, that's the way we got to serve in the house of God. That's the way we serve this house, with an excellent spirit. Come on, when people walk in the door, are we just doing a job? Are we just doing a task in the house of God? Or are we doing it with an excellent spirit? So I'm going to distinguish myself in this place, not because I'm better than anybody else, but because the God I serve deserves an excellent spirit in the house of God. I feel like I'm preaching to the team today. Come on, this is like a team message you're on the team, you're not on the team, you're a part of the family. Come on, everything we do, we do with an excellent spirit in this house. Now this is what the Bible says, what's an excellent spirit lead to? Right after this it says the king planned to set him over the whole kingdom. So the king's looking out, he's like, I don't want to suffer loss, I want to get some leaders in the place, and, and what does he look for? He looks, he looks at everybody, this Persian empire at this point. He looks around, he's like, well, what, who do I want to lead? I don't want any of my own people, I want this Hebrew boy right here. There's an excellent spirit on him. He puts him in charge of so much. It's the same today. Kings and leaders are still looking for an excellent spirit. Your boss is looking for an excellent spirit. The world around us is looking for leaders to rise up with an excellent spirit. In the house of God, we need young men and young women and old men and old women and and people like Rach and I that are kind of, we don't know what we are anymore. Uh, We need to rise up with an excellent spirit in the house of God. Come on, Resonate Church, year number two. We're gonna serve with an excellent spirit. So how do, we, how do we do this? How did it look for Daniel? Daniel gets promoted once again, and chapter six is not all gravy for Daniel, right? Like he, just, he hits a little bit of a road bump here in verse number four. What happens is that these other city councilors and mayors, they, they get a little bit jealous of Daniel, all the favor that's on this guy's life. Listen, when you roll with an excellent spirit, Not everyone's gonna be happy about it all the time because there's gonna be blessing and favor on your life. And sometimes blessing and favor on your life makes people mad. So they get jealous. Like, wow, we gotta get Daniel. We gotta get him out of this seat. We we gotta take this guy down. So what do they do? They decide that they're gonna find a way to to get Darius to not like Daniel, to have Daniel be harmed. And listen to what verse number four says about Daniel again. It says that they could find no ground for complaint or any fault. Because he was faithful. So they decide. They're like, well, how are we going to get this guy? Like, this guy, he's, he's got an excellent spirit. He's so faithful. How are we going to get him? They decide the only way we're going to be able to bring Daniel down is if we can get the king to write some kind of law that goes against Daniel's principles. So they go to the king, and they play on his ego. And they're like, king, you're so great. You know, you're, you're the man, Darius. We love you. We love you, Darius. You're, you're such a great guy. Why don't you go ahead, and why don't you write... An injunction that if anyone worships and prays to any god but you for the next 30 days. That you'll cast them into the lion's den. And this is one of those famous Bible stories that maybe you've heard before. Daniel in the lion's den. It starts with Daniel getting promoted because of an excellent spirit. Then he finds himself a target. So they go to the king and the king's ego gets, gets the better of him. And he decides he's going to sign this thing. Now there's a, a weird feature of their law in these days. That if a king signed an injunction, he couldn't take it back. And so he signs this thing, and then what happens next? I love this, verse number 10. When Daniel knew that the document had been signed, what's the first thing he does? Remember, the document says, you can't pray to anyone but the king for 30 days. When Daniel knew that this thing had been signed, he went to his house where he had, come on, somebody say this with me, windows... He's not hiding behind the fridge, right? He's like, where's me? Get me. They What did he just sign? Anyone praise anyone? Where's my window at? (laughs) In his upper chamber, open toward Jerusalem. And he got down on his knees. I love this. Daniel took a stand on his knees. How great is that? That illustration for us as a church. Daniel gets down on his knees three times a day, prayed and gave thanks before God as he had done previously. Daniel takes another stand. So I want to talk in these next few minutes about three disciplines of an excellent spirit. Three disciplines of an excellent spirit. Are you with me this morning? Yeah. If you're with me, come on, say amen. Say, I'm with you. I'm with you. Three disciplines. The first area that we see Daniel was disciplined and it led to an excellent spirit, was Daniel was disciplined in his time. He's disciplined in his time. These mayors, these south shops, they decide they're, they're going to get him. But how do we get him? This one guy speaks up in the room. He's like, hey, guys, hey, hey, I know he's a hard guy to get. But I'll tell you one thing. He prays three times a day and he's super faithful. He, like, he does it the same time in the same way every single day. The stuff that mattered most in Daniel's life, what's, what's, the, what's, the, what's an excellent spirit look like? The stuff that matters most in your life is the stuff that you do every day. Daniel goes and opens up a window and, and prays. So like I said, I was in Atlanta this past week and with these 110 pastors. And one of the highlights of the week was that Pastor Chris Hodges, um, who kind of flies under the radar. Not many people would know who he is, but he actually pastors now the second largest church in America, a church of, every Sunday, a church of 41,000 people in Birmingham, Alabama. And so Pastor Chris came and he sat in a room with all of us in this hotel conference room and ...he taught and he shared from his own life... ...and then he took some Q&A with different guys... ...and this one guy asked the question, he's like... ...Pastor Chris, um, please tell us that your head spins... ...as you try and lead that many people. And it was kind of cool to watch... ...not only just what this great leader, man of God, said... ...but to to just know the way he said it. And, you know, with humility, he was like... ...yeah, certainly there are challenges... But with this kind of smirk and smile on his face that just acknowledged the goodness of God and the peace that's in his own life, he kind of smiled and he's like, but I am, I'm extremely disciplined in my time. And I know the things that I, I need to do and I just make sure that I do them. Extremely disciplined in his time. It was, like, he gave a couple examples. The one that stood out to me that he said, I, I haven't missed a date night with my wife in 32 years. I was like, hello. I'm not gonna go home and say that. Um, <laughs> in the first series of the year Rachel and I were talking in our in our uh, series on habits I shared some personal time disciplines because I don't know about you but like give it to me practical don't just say he was disciplined in his time like what does that look like pastor and I don't you know I always feel a little bit weird to share my own personal disciplines with you and so these aren't things that you need to go and do this is just maybe to help you hear from God what he would call you to do um so we shared in that first series that we really have have worked it down to the the hour in fact every week night of the week we know what we're doing you know so we don't have to say like well how do we fit things in or what do we do and where's our family and where's our friends and where's our church stuff and where's our leadership stuff and where's our small group we've just written it in the calendar we know for the rest of the year where we're going to be every week night of the year we just so we, we went through that in our um in our in our series. And the other thing to say about personal disciplines, especially time disciplines, is you need to know the disciplines that are permanent that you're not going to move, like my date night with my wife, like, okay, that's never going to move. And the ones that are flexible, because you don't, you don't, like, this is not a call to live in rigidity. It's a call to know what your purpose to do, to plan for it, to know the things in your plan that don't move, and the things in your plan that can move. Pastor Chris said to this room of guys, he's like, listen, Tuesday is a, is a, is a steady day for me, but I'm here with you. I know the things that can move, I've planned for it. I know the things that can move, but I know the things that don't move. And so some personal disciplines that I shared, that that kind of permanent, we know what our weeknights look like, one for Rach and I. I want to share a couple of newer ones that I just know God's called me to in this season. Again, these aren't for you to go do. These are just things that God has spoken to me. And so one of them is that after we put our kids to bed, my phone goes off. This is just something God's kind of led us into that I need to every single day disconnect in order that I can connect with the most important person in the world to me. And so that's just a a new time, personal discipline that I've put into my own life. I lost my phone on the weekend, so right now that one's going really well. Thank you, Jesus. But I don't want my phone to be lost. But anyways, if you've texted me in the last little bit, and I've not been answering you, my phone is uh, on a hill somewhere in some snow right now. And uh, we're going to figure that out this afternoon. Glory to God. Thank you, Jesus. Lead me to my phone this afternoon. Spirit lead me where my phone is on the hill. <laughs> That's a personal time. So here's another one. This one was like a conviction, like a load to the heart. I was in prayer, and the Lord spoke to me on my time. And um, again, I've got my weeks planned down to the hour. Like, this is what I do with different points in my time. And one of the things I know is, well, how much time I spend preparing messages. And the Lord spoke to me uh, at the start of this year and said I want you to spend two less hours a week on your message so that you can spend some time in prayer in fact the way the Lord said it to me with great grace and great conviction was the Lord said to me you're preaching some relevant messages but I'd like a little bit more of your heart so I've shifted and uh, I'm praying two more hours a week and if you find that the messages are getting uh, less good I don't really care because I'm going to be walking with Jesus <laughs> and a little bit closer Here's the question. you're going to rock an excellent spirit in 2018, if you're going to rock an excellent spirit in year number two of Resonate Church, if God's going to look at you, you know, like my man Jordan here in the front row and be like, man, my, you got an excellent spirit. If God's going to look at you and speak that over you, here's a question I think that you need to answer. Is there an area of your life where God is calling you to be disciplined in your time? Is there an area of your life where God's called you to be disciplined in your time? Maybe take that to God in prayer. Here's the second way that Daniel... Was disciplined. Daniel was disciplined, get ready for it, with his finances. He was disciplined with his finances. Well, how do you know he was disciplined in his finances? I don't really see that in chapter 6. I do, because when the king gave a job description for, for Daniel, the highest guy in his kingdom, what did the king want? He, he had a one-line job description. This is what the king wrote down for Daniel. It's in the Bible there. He said, I don't want to suffer any loss. I want some more money, and I want less taken away from me, Right? And if you're going to get someone in charge of your money, they're going to be good with their money. The king looked at Daniel and knew that he was good in his personal finances. And if we're going to live with an excellent spirit, it's going, to be, it can, you know, it's going to start with how we organize our time. But it's going to be demonstrated in how we live with our finances. Now, I don't want to preach a heavy on you this morning. Understand, this is not my goal. Because actually, I look around the room, and I know your heart. I know that you desire to be generous. For the most part, I don't personally know everyone in the room. Um... Most of the people I know want to be generous. Why don't we do it? Well, money's a crazy thing in our world today. Try and buy a house in Vancouver, right? Like, it's like money worries are a big deal. And now all of a sudden they're talking about inflation. It's like, you know, all of a sudden there's, this is getting written about in the, in the media right now. Like, what's the inflation concerns? Money worries are a big deal. So you desire to be generous. It's just that there's challenges in keeping you from generosity. Every single one of us is living right now in one of five places when it comes to our finances we're struggling, or we're surviving, or we're giving. In a church context, I would call that tithing, or you're over and above, you're generous, or you're extravagantly generous. And my prayer for Resonate Church in year number two is, is that every single one of us would be able to move somewhere on the chain, that right now today, if you're struggling, you'd be able to move into surviving. If today you're just surviving, you'd be able to move, come on, into giving to God. Indeed, you start tithing. From that place of tithing, you're like, I'm gonna give more in 2018. And I'm just gonna let you know for Rach and I, again, this is not to glorify Rach and I. Please understand, I've, I've laid it out. I hope you see that this is only ever about Jesus. We just decided this year our tithe is going up a percent. We've been tithing like all of our lives, but we're just just saying, hey, let's, what's our next step? We're going up. We're just kicking it up a notch because we just believe God's done so much, and I don't share that to glory glory in any of that. There's people that give far more and far more extravagantly than Rachel and I. We're just saying, what's our next step? And so here's what we're gonna do. So like you want to be generous, it's just that we need to be free enough. And so what we're gonna do is uh, in May we're gonna do another small group session, and don't wait to May to you know just like take a next step with this. But here's here's something that we're gonna do for you. We're long range planning that in May we're gonna do a small group series and probably have a number of small groups that do this together on financial freedom. We just really want this for your life. It's not about the church having your money. It's really about you walking in financial freedom. And we're going to help lead you in it. Here's the question. If you're going to rock an excellent spirit in 2018, God's going to look at you like, that's my girl. She's got an excellent spirit. That's my guy. He's got an excellent spirit. How do we do this in the area of our finances? Just come on, let me ask you one question. Answer this question. What are you doing with the little or the lot that's in your hands right now? Is there an area of your life where God's calling you to be disciplined in your time? And what are you doing with the little or a lot that's in your hands? This is an excellent spirit message, personal disciplines. What are the things that don't shift for you, that don't budge for you? What are they? Last one, and I love this one. Daniel was disciplined in his time and in his finances, but he had personal discipline in his words. In his words. Let's kind of catch up with the story. I've preached Daniel in the lion's den in a really interesting way this is not most people focus on the miracle and kind of we hit that last week with Shadrach Meshach and Abednego and so but this is a miracle story because Darius hears about Daniel praying to God and he's like listen D I love you man but I'm going to throw you in with some lions and they're going to kill you that's basically my synopsis of the story God rescues Daniel, miraculously shuts the mouths of the lion up. Darius did not want to put Daniel into the lion's den. The Bible's pretty clear. Darius loved Daniel, but he also didn't do anything to stop it. So he sends Daniel in. And a day later, Darius comes along. And In verse 20 of chapter 6, Darius says, Daniel, Daniel, my man, Daniel, has your God... Man, I've watched you serve him. I've seen your excellent spirit, Daniel. Has that God whom you serve continually been able to deliver you? Daniel, are you there? Are you alive? The king hears this voice come back from the lion's den. It's Daniel, and he says, O king, live forever. My God sent his angel and shut the lion's mouth. Now, what do we see here about Daniel? This is, again, there's the miracle story in there. And I think that's an important story. God works miracles for his kids. Here's the thing I want to pull out. We're talking about his disciplines. The king just tried to kill Daniel, right? If you just tried to kill me, and let's not do that, but let's just pretend. <laughs> if you tried to kill me and you came along and you're like, hey, how you doing? You know, I know I just tried to kill you. How are you doing? I want to be living with an excellent spirit, but I'm not where Daniel was, because the first words out of my mouth would not be, hey, you know what, man? I hope you live forever. Say what? Oh, king, Darius that just tried to kill me and left me in here overnight with the lions. Like, I'm out here at the Alder Grove Zoo in the lion enclosure because of you and your ego. Man, I hope you live forever. If you're gonna roll with an excellent spirit in 2018, what are you saying about others with your words? Do you come home from work and complain? Or maybe you don't come home from work and complain, but you do point out all the stupid stuff the people around you did. Or do you come home and celebrate people, even the crazy ones, who pretty much try to kill you? Daniel had an excellent spirit. Daniel had some personal disciplines. He knew what wasn't going to budge when it came to his time. He knew what wasn't going to budge when it came to his money. He knew what wasn't going to budge when it came to the stuff that came out of his mouth. Now, I hope you've heard me today, church, that it's always only ever empowered by grace. Because, young mom, we know you're in the room this morning, and you've got a baby that just kept you up, and you slept for an hour and a half, and you're like, man, talking about personal disciplines, come on. Young mom, be strengthened by the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ. Come on, he wants to fill you with grace. Before God asks anything from you, he begins to fill you up with his grace. Come on, businessman, that you've been struggling so hard and working around the clock, and you've been you've been working so hard, and you're like, man, how am I going to have more discipline in my time and my finances in my words? I don't even feel like I can make it through another day. I just I'm, I'm working so hard. Well, how do I do this? Come on, be strengthened by grace, young man. Be strengthened by grace, old man. Be strengthened by grace, young woman. Be strengthened by grace, old woman. Come on, in your in your business, in your home. Come on, some of you you ladies in the room, you are, I I know Rach just started a business. I get what it is like to be a little bit fuller than you you feel like you wanna be. But we've just decided. If that or anything else stepped in front of the things that God said were non-negotiable, it's out of our lives. That's an excellent spirit for the kingdom and glory of God. Come on, Resonate Church. What does it look like to live with an excellent spirit? In verse number 25, this is the result. Then King Darius wrote to all the people's nations and languages that dwell in all the earth. Darius basically was the king of the world, right? Like he wrote to everybody. (laughs) Every nation and all the languages, basically everybody on the earth. He's got some power. This is what he said. Peace be multiplied to you. I make a decree that in all my royal dominion, people are to tremble in fear before the God of Daniel. For he is the living God, enduring forever. His kingdom shall never be destroyed and his dominion shall never end. So here's what the king did. He sent out to all the peoples of the earth. And he said, you know what? Everybody, every language, every nation. As a Hebrew young boy, he's got an excellent spirit. Everybody serve his God. of an excellent spirit is a whole bunch of life change because we got a city that needs to hear, we got a nation that needs to know. Much like Daniel's day, when these, when these city councilors were like, hey, if we're gonna get Daniel, it's not gonna be that he's gonna be doing something wrong, it's gonna be that we're gonna, tell the, we're gonna tell the world that right is no longer right, right is wrong. Church, please understand me, I didn't preach on this today, but that's exactly what we're facing in our culture today as a Christian. Living with moral principles is now seen as wrong in our culture. The world's saying, listen, if we can't get them on, on the way they love and on the way they stand, we're just gonna all of a sudden turn right and make right wrong. And I'm just, I'm just here before you to say, how do you react to that? That sounds like a difficult problem. Yeah, it actually is. Do you know how you do it? Come on, you live with an excellent spirit. You know what the fruit of an excellent spirit in that culture is? Man, you stand out so much. The kings and those in authority watch your life and they say, hey, Everybody. That's how you ought to roll. So God, we come before you today. None of this is for us, God. It's all for your glory. And God, as you've given me the opportunity to pastor and shepherd this room, God, and speak a little bit of a, a stronger word today, God, about what we do with our time. I start today, God, by praying for the people in the room. We just feel like they're at their wits end and their ropes end, and they don't even know. This like the thought of personal disciplines is, is kind of like kind of like throwing them, you know, a sandbag while they're trying to tread water. And so God, I pray today that, that the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ would be the life raft that they need today. God, to, to uphold them. It's like that door in Titanic. Come on, you're gonna make it, somebody. You're going to hold on to the door and you're going to make it. You're not the guy. He didn't make it. You're the girl. The grace of the Lord Jesus Christ is going to lift you through. I'm going to speak that over somebody today. The grace of God is strengthening you in the room today. Come on, somebody. Just receive that. The grace of the Lord is beginning to fill you in the room today. And from there, God, we say we we are actually going to discover in this year, as we endeavor to have more impact than ever before, the stuff that's non-negotiable, the stuff that we say, these are our disciplines, this is what we do, because we want to have an excellent spirit in the house of God. God, I pray, Lord, that these questions that we've asked today, God, about how we would serve you, I pray, God, we'd hear from you, God, more than my words, Lord, speak the specific thing to our heart. God, I know you're doing that in many hearts today in Jesus' name, in Jesus' name, amen, amen, would you just keep your heads bowed for just a moment, maybe there's someone in the room today and the part about the excellent spirit wasn't for you today, but the part about receiving the grace of Jesus Christ was, you're here today and you know you're far from God, today you know you need to make a decision to follow Jesus Christ, to receive the grace and mercy of God. If that's you in the room today, you want to make a first-time decision to surrender your life to the Lord Jesus Christ. Or maybe even have been waiting a long time and you're like, man, I've gone through like 26 Sundays where I almost did. Today is the day. Where today you're just going to say, yeah, today's my day to choose to follow Jesus. I'm going to, in a moment, ask you to shoot your hand up. And that's not about me or you. It's about God. saying you're first in my life. So if today you're making that decision, on the count of three, would you shoot your hand up? Come on, One, two, three, would you say, yeah, today's my day. I'm going to make a decision to follow Jesus Christ today. Just give you a moment between you and God in the house today. Thank you, Jesus. So let's pray, church, with anyone making that decision today, say, dear Jesus, my life is yours, my full surrender, and I choose to follow you. Thank you for your grace. It saves me. I receive it. Because I believe in Jesus. Help me to follow you. Amen and amen. Come on church, can we put our hands together for the Lord Jesus in this place one more time today? If you just prayed that prayer, and even if you didn't, Would you do me a favor? Grab that Connect card that's in your seat. Just grab that thing. It's on your armrest. It's probably on the floor now. You can just grab that thing. What we want you to do, church, we want your prayer requests. We want to be praying for you this week. And if you just prayed that prayer and made that decision, would you check off the box that lets us know you did? We just want to be in touch with you this week by email to let you know what your next steps are going to look like, whether you made that first-time decision or rededicated your life to Jesus. Let us walk that journey with you. Come on, church, one more time. Can we put our hands together for what God's done in this place? Amen, amen.